Hello, and welcome to the Intersectionality Research Hub podcast series from Concordia University. Episode 8. This episode features conversations on the topic of digital memorialization, funerary practices, making meaning of loss, interventions in grieving, and representations of death as part of our series documenting the 2018 fourth symposium of the Death Online Research Network. Tal Morse is from the Hadassah Academic College in Jerusalem. He looks at how we understand death through the media, focusing on particularly critical signal events. I'm here with Tal Morse. So Tal, tell me about your book, The Morning News. The Morning News is about the role the media plays in the way we understand um, death in a global age. What um, I did in this book, I looked at three case studies of major death events worldwide and how the media portrayed and, and mediatized these events to global audiences and what was the ethical or moral solicitation that emerged from, from these reports. I looked at the um, um, first Gaza war of 2008, the terror attack in Oslo in 2011, and the Haitian earthquake of 2010. And I compared the way it was uh, reported by BBC and, uh, um, and Al Jazeera English. The idea was to see whether the identity of the media outlet, whether it's a Western or non-Western, uh, plays uh, a role or shapes the way in which these outlets uh, communicate these events to their global audiences, um, and whether or not they recruit their audiences in, in, and kind of um, encourage them to, to be in a state of cosmopolitan solidarity which means to um, sympathize or to empathize with the distant suffering who are dead and what is the um, responsibility of the cosmopolitan viewer of the audience when they encounter um, the devastating reality of the other. For this I used um, theories coming from moral philosophy, from media ethnography, from media anthropology and I used also the, the, the idea of, of rituals because death, generally speaking, they generate, generate uh, rituals. And when death does not entail a ritual, it basically means that the person who died is nobody, means nothing. So there is a great importance to the way that a ritual is performed following uh, a death especially when it's a violent death, somebody is responsible for the death and somebody is responsible for the recovery. How were the different bodies portrayed? What were the differences between them? And what do you attribute those differences to? Generally speaking, when we look at the literature on this field, we see that there is a hierarchy of death. European lives matter more than other lives, generally speaking. And I had this in mind when I uh, started analyzing the materials. I think. What I saw that, firstly, there wasn't that 
greater difference between Al Jazeera and the BBC. The only case when they, there was a difference was in, in the case of the Gaza war. But if I look at the two similar cases, the, the attacks in Oslo and the, the Haitian earthquake, they both performed a very similar ritual, death-related media ritual, that was encouraging the, the viewers to uh, be sympathetic or empathetic with the distant other. The meaning of sympathy and empathy here is important because in the Oslo case, the distant other was portrayed as one of us. It was portrayed as a peer of us, someone at the same level as us, the, the viewers. And therefore, we, the, the only thing we need to do is just to empathize with the people that we see on screen. In the Haitian case, it was sympathy, a sense of solidarity that does not emerge from the same hierarchy or same level of, of uh, importance. So in that case, the Haitians were portrayed as, um, in a way, inferior to the Europeans, to the general West, and the, the ritual that was performed was, was designed to um, call for help to portray the Haitians as dependent on the West, and therefore it's the responsibility of the West to come to the rescue of deprived other. So it was, it, was, um, it was based on inequality, and yet there was uh, sympathy. Uh, in the case of the Gaza war, it was, again, it wasn't a major difference, but there was a question of, um, of responsibility. The BBC portrayed the war as something that is taking place far away, that we as spectators can be judgmental about it, but we are basically juror in, in, in this imagined trial, and we need to make our mind whether somebody is guilty or not. But we don't really need to do much more than that. In the case of the way Al Jazeera portrayed the war, they were serving as the prosecutor. They pointed at Israel as the one who was in charge of the death in Gaza and therefore encouraged us as spectators to be much more fierce in the way that we condemn what is going on in Gaza. So there was a different kind of a different rhetoric to the way that the same event was portrayed. Uh, when, and, and Al Jazeera kind of took a moral stance saying we're not just distant observers that, you know, this is what is going on. We have a role in what is going on in Gaza, and we need to take action to, to end the violence in Gaza. You have talked about uh, Judith Butler's notion of the grievability of different lives. Which lives were grievable in all of these different cases? So I think in all these cases, uh, these, you know, these are cases that that generated uh, what we call media events. For the media understood these events as very, very important, and they constantly covered them in, in live streaming, uh, so they cut off their regular uh, schedule, um, focused their attention on what was going on in that scene of death. So in that sense, all the, all the deaths in, in that case were uh, grievable. And what I tried to do in, in my uh, work in the book is to work with the notion of credibility that Bato so uh, tellingly uh, proposes to us and to, to propose an analytical framework that will allow us to differentiate between different levels of credibility. And I propose to look at 
the agency of the dead, at the characteristics of, of the media rituals, whether it takes, take, takes place in real time or in delayed time, and to the uh, notion of witnessing, whether we are positioned as moral witnesses of what was going on, or as distant witnesses that are in a way less involved or less compelled to, to act and to respond to what we see. So, so what, I find, what I found based on this framework was some kind of typology of different kinds of grievability. And not very surprisingly, the case of, of uh, Oslo was kind of at the top of the hierarchy in, in the sense that the, the distant other is portrayed as one of us and that the feeling that the report uh, conveys is that this can happen to me. I'm in a similar position to the person that I encounter on the screen. In the case, as I said, of, of Haiti, it was relations of dependency that I need to act in order to rescue the other who is dependent on me. And in the two cases, the Gaza war, so in the case of the BBC, it was, as I said, more a judgmental outlook um, that we need to serve as a juror and to, to make our moral minds about what was going on, but we are not encouraged to really to, to intervene. And in the case of the way Al Jazeera portrayed the Gaza war, it was, it was more about condemnation. The actual um, moral judgment of condemning the evildoer and, and the, the requirement to actually respond to what was going on, unless, and if we don't respond to what was going on, in a way we become complicit to the tragedy. In terms of this grievability index, when the logic is one of benevolence, a paternalism, usually the, the victims are shown as being childlike and unable, uh, or as um, chaotic and unruly, that somehow have to be brought together. I'm thinking about what happened with Katrina, uh, Hurricane Katrina, and, uh, and also some of the very telling examples of things that have happened in, in Africa. At that point, it kind of behooves the colonial power to step in and take control. So the representation of grievability is very much tied into the fact that these are childlike, unruly masses that have to be ordered. Whereas where there's a high level of grievability, they are more like us. So your also example is really telling that way because it yes. reflects that. But how did that factor in, in terms of the Haitians and the Palestinians? So firstly, in the case of, of, of Oslo, it was really a sense of managed chaos. You know, it was chaotic. It was the most violent event that took place in Norway since the Second World War. And yet, there was a sense of, of things under control. And the, the Haiti case was a natural disaster. There, so, you know, it was nature to blame on the one hand. And the second narrative that emerged from the report was that the Haitian government has collapsed and they had like a very vivid representation of that when where the, the presidential palace literally collapsed. So the, in a way, they used this metaphor to convey the idea that the Haitians cannot take care of themselves. And therefore, the, the world needs to come to their rescue. And you can see um, Hillary Clinton, which was the Secretary of State at the time, standing in front of the camera, talking to American citizens and explaining to them how they can simply donate money to save Haiti. 
And what that was kind of a very clear example of the media recruiting these dictators to really act and, and they don't really need to put too much of an effort to it because they can simply do it from their smartphones. In the case of, of Gaza, it was less about this kind of dependency because there was someone to blame. It was Israel was to blame. The power hierarchies between Israel and the Palestinians were presented very clearly. It was a very high-tech army, powerful army that is targeting civilian population. And, and it was very clear that, you know, in order to stop the atrocities, Israel needs to be, to, to be put in place. So there was a role for the international community, for, for, for diplomacy, to stop what was going on. In, in the case of Ahidi, it was more of a kind of a popular intervention of, of lay people that can actually contribute money and save Haiti. Um, how would you like uh, link all of this up to digital media, the mediatization of death, and how digital media play a role in creating a spectacular scene, so to speak? So these film <laughs> studies are based on television. Mm -hmm. uh, this is kind of an old-fashioned way to understand media. It's a mass media, traditional media, and the way television kind of functions in, in the light of, of uh, disasters. So it, focused mostly on, on, on mass traditional media. I didn't look at uh, digital media. But we do see what happens in later events that are very similar. For example, the, the Shalih Hebdo attack and, mm -hmm. and, and other disasters. And here I think it's, it's again the power of the people to uh, participate in these non-official uh, rituals of, of solidarity. So, so basically, it's, it's the way digital media gives power to the people to express their um, empathy or sympathy with the suffering. We saw various ways to take part, and, and, and sometimes it's, it's, it's the click button, it's the, it's the like button that we use, and, and various other affordances that we have on, on digital media that allows lay people to really take part in these massive cosmopolitan uh, rituals of solidarity and, um, and in a way link themselves and, 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 and put themselves together with the different suffering. Thank you. Intersectionality is a term coined by black feminist legal theorist Kimberly Crenshaw to explain how people at the intersection of different marginalized identities are invisibilized, ignored, and or subjugated by power. The Intersectionality Research Hub is a project headed by Professor Yasmin Diwani with financing by Concordia University. You can find more information on Facebook or at intersectionalityhub.ca or by coming to visit us in person at Concordia.